Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. My name is Nora Regis, and I'll be reading Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you've accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Nora, thank you so much for reading the scripture today. Uh, we appreciate you doing that. So uh, we're near the end of the story, and so I've had some questions asked of, okay, what's next? I mean, uh, it took us several months to get here, but man, we can now see the end of the story coming. So what, what do we do after that? We do have a series planned in May called The Next Chapter, uh, and it's kind of the idea of we've read the story, now so what? So we're going to look at that in May. We are planning a series in the fall that will be kind of a large comprehensive series for everybody. That news will be coming out uh, the next few weeks. Uh, but I want to let you know we are working on some things coming up uh, beyond the end of the story. And I've also been asked, uh, when will we have a service back in Celebration Hall? And so uh, we are working on that. It has been over a year since we've been in that room uh, for a worship service. We have some things we have to accomplish and some plans and preparations we need to make. Uh, we'll be give, coming out sometime soon with some more information about that as well. So we are working on a plan to add an additional service that would be in Celebration Hall in the future. So I wanted to let you know those things. <clears throat> so have you ever tried to change a habit? My guess is we all have tried to change a habit in one way or another. And I don't know which is harder, to start a new habit or to stop an old habit. I don't know which is hard. I, what, what do y'all think? I mean, you can just you can say it out loud if you want to. Which, either, just say start or stop. Which one do you think is harder? To stop? Wow, well, that seemed overwhelming. <laughs> and I would agree. I mean, I think that one's probably, for me personally, I think that's probably harder to stop something that you've done for a long time, sometimes for a very long time. So uh, whatever that may be, it may mean that you're trying to get up earlier or go to bed earlier, or it might mean that you're, you're not going to eat red meat, or it might mean that, um, whatever, you're not going to look at your phone for two hours every afternoon. Yeah, that, that'd be a challenge, wouldn't it? So it's really hard to change a habit because whatever we do with regularity has the effect of training us to keep doing it. Whatever we do with regularity, a habit, in a sense, trains us to just keep doing that the same way. Just like learning a musical instrument, you play those scales and arpeggios till you are ready to pull your hair out. If you're learning to shoot free throws, you shoot a bazillion free throws the same way every time, so it's just natural and normal. And so when we do whatever it is, whatever habits we have, it's just it's like we're training ourselves to keep doing that thing. So it takes a lot of attention and a lot of energy. And so that's part of why sometimes we just give up. 
we just say, I just, I'm just not going to try anymore. I just can't do it. But we all struggle with that. It's, it's hard for all of us. It's hard for all of us. So imagine how hard it is to change something that's not simply a habit, not simply something, maybe even something you've done your whole life, but it's something that reflects your values, something that reflects your belief system. And now you're learning something, and you're like, wow, I may have to change my perspective on that. And if I change my perspective on that, it means I may have to change some of the things I say and do because of that. Wow, now we're talking about something that's really, really hard. In a sense, that's what Paul is talking about when he writes his letter to the Galatian church, where he is trying to uh, explain to them what it means to live into this new life that means you have to leave some of the old stuff behind. Paul is a really important figure, of course, in the Bible. Uh, I would say second most important in the New Testament behind Jesus, obviously. Um, After his conversion to Christianity, he set out to start churches. And he started churches and had influence all around the Mediterranean basin. And so, in that effort, he would go to a place he would start a church. And so, he would do that. He might stay there a year, might stay there two years. That church gets up and running. Then he moves on to start another church. That's just what he did. He went on several missionary journeys all around that area, uh, defending the faith publicly, sometimes to government officials, many times uh, under physical duress, arrest, beatings. He was just an unfailing witness uh, for the good news of Jesus Christ. And so he would start these churches, and then he would move on. But what would happen is sometimes he would get word that that church was having some questions, or they had some problems, they had some issues, and he needed to write back to them to say, well, here's some things you need to know. And so one of those, I like when he, in a uh, letter to the Corinthian church, the Corinthians, and he says, I hear there are divisions among you. And pretty much all of 1 Corinthians is addressing that issue. So he had, he had moved on from the Corinthians, but he hears they're having divisions. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, this is what he's done with Galatians. Now, the Galatians, we believe, is probably one of the oldest, uh, one of the earliest writings that Paul did. Next week, we'll talk about one of the later ones that he did. So, so, so here's a way to characterize the book of Galatians. You've no doubt traveled and returned a rental car or been in the car when a rental car got returned, or maybe just going into one of those high-security parking lots, and you, and you drive over those spikes, you know, and those spikes, they bend down when you drive over them, and they have all the signs saying, don't back up, right? They don't bend the other way. So it's, it's kind of like the Galatian church has moved into this new life of, in Jesus Christ in the church, and they've gone over those spikes, and then they said, Ah, we don't know. We're going to start backing up. And Paul to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Do not do that. Do not back up. And he is pretty blunt. I mean, if you really read this and uh, read it in a really more contemporary version, I mean, Paul, I mean, he kind of, you know, he's pretty blunt uh, in his uh, words to them about how important this sin this is. Because one of the things that they were trying to do was they were trying to force Gentile, non-Jewish, converts to Christianity. They were trying to force them into Jewish customs. 
So it's kind of like, well, you have to be a Jew first, and then you can become a Christian. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. No, Christ has erased those things. You cannot force them to do that. Just because they're not Jewish, you can't make them Jewish then to be Christian. But, but that's all they knew. That's all the Jewish Christians knew. That's all they had ever known. And so they just, you know, the old way of doing things, the way we've always done it, is you got to be an observant Jew first before... Paul's trying to say, no, 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 this is a new day. You can't go backwards. Now, this is not new in the Bible. I mean, good grief. Go all the way back to Exodus when Moses led the people out of Egypt where they had been slaves, and they are free. They have their whole life. They have the whole world in front of them. And what do they do? They complain and say, we want to go back to Egypt. When Jesus was talking about what it means to have uh, a a new expression of God's Spirit in the world and and that that means we do some things differently, his analogy was you don't put new wine in old wineskins. Now, what he meant by new wine was wine that was still in the fermenting process. And so in the chemical reactions that are happening, of course, there are gases released and all that. So you don't put that in an old leather pouch that's more brittle because it will burst. It needs to be in something that's more pliable and has some elasticity to it. If you have something new, a new expression of God's Spirit, it's got to be carried in new things. So, so what might be some reasons that we that we change? That we change a habit, or we change a perspective, or something? Um, uh, sometimes we change because uh, there's a reward involved. <laughs> right? We do this with our kids. You'll make your bed every day this week, right? You improve your grades this six weeks. If, if you, whatever it is, you know, we'll, you'll get to do this, or I'll buy you that. We, we do something to try to create a reward. Sometimes we do this for ourselves, though. We kind of, I'm going to reward myself. If I, I'm not going to eat dessert all week, and then on Sunday afternoon, I get to have one scoop of ice cream. That's the reward, right? I'm making myself hungry, but we, we think about how we can reward ourselves, right? So that, that's one way we change. Another way we change sometimes is for somebody else. Someone who's important to us says, um, you know, I, I know this is the way you've done it for a long time, but it'd be really meaningful to me if you don't leave dirty socks all over the house. I thought there might be more reaction to that one, actually. <laughs> because as many times as I've, as I've told Mary... No, believe me, there are no dirty socks laying around our house. But you know what? I'm, but you get what I mean. Someone who's important to you says, this would be really important and meaningful. I just need that to change. And because you love the person, they're important to you, okay, I'll change, I'll change that. Sometimes we change for someone else. Sometimes we change because we have to. The doctor says, I'm telling you, if you don't change in this way, it's not going to be good. Sometimes we have to. And sometimes we change because we we have this vision of what's possible, a desired result, an outcome that we want to have. And so we think that motivates me to change, right? That keeps my motivation strong, and I'll change. And so there's some impetus. There's something that kind of pushes us, sparks us to change. And the more urgency, the more quickly and the more fully we change. But what if you think to yourself you know, my life's pretty good. 
I'm really pretty comfortable. I mean, really. I, I'm financially okay. I'm uh, health, you know, healthy as I can be for the age that I am, and people around me are okay. I mean, my life's pretty good. Why, why would I change? Why would I change anything? And, and, you know, to be really honest, there are a lot of us that are worshiping today here and online that our lives are pretty comfortable. I don't mean extravagant, I don't mean, but just everything's okay. So what would be the impetus? What would be the urgency? What would, there's no discomfort. Well, here's the thing, and it shouldn't surprise you too much, uh, what, I'm, what I'm about to say. It's that the teaching of the Bible from early on all the way through is the promise of God's blessing so that we will be a blessing to others. That, the, that God's blessing to us is not something that we just own and possess and go, I'm so grateful to be blessed. So now, in what way can I be a blessing to others? How can I bless other people's lives? And not just the people right around me, how can I bless other people's lives? And Paul's pretty clear in his letter to the Galatians. Because this life as a Christian, this, life, this new life in Christ is not just about you. I mean, look in Galatians 3. He says, There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, the promise to be blessed so that you will be a blessing. There, that these distinctions are gone. A distinction to try to force someone else to believe something a certain way, to, to be a certain kind of person, because that's, that's the way I am. That would sure make me more comfortable if you would just agree with me. Those distinctions are gone. We can no longer use distinctions to ignore others. Because you're not going to play ball. Yeah, just act like you're not there. There are no distinctions. Even though... We sure work hard to maintain the distinctions. Galatians 6, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. I mean, Paul's saying in a sense, I know this takes a lot of effort, but keep going. And part of what he's saying is, this is why to leave behind the, trying to force someone to become Jewish first and then become a Christian, trying to force someone to adopt practices that were not their own to begin with, we're moving towards something new, all of us moving towards something new. So deciding that we don't need to change anything about ourselves is not simply to say, Everything, my, my life is pretty good and I'm doing Okay. Paul indicates it's also an indication that we're not taking the situation of others very seriously. Because if others are not okay, how can I be okay? If somebody else is hurting, shouldn't I be reaching out in compassion? If somebody else is hungry, shouldn't I be helping? If somebody else... That's part of what it means to be church moving forward. To live in love like Jesus, we have to consider the, the, the situation of other people. And so, 
since we are blessed to be a blessing, we, yes, we'll be grateful that God has blessed us. And we will be servants to bless others. This can happen in simple ways. I mean, simple ways. I mean, when we offer, I mean, really, when we offer things at church and say, hey, we could use people to help us with ushering, to help with children's ministry, to uh, show up for food distribution, to all of those are ways that you would be a blessing for somebody else. All of them. Sometimes it's more elaborate and expensive going to Central America to drill water wells. You're being a blessing to somebody else. The way you live your life on a daily basis to bless the lives of others. This new thing called church means moving into a, a new life together where, yeah, some, some of the old things we need to leave behind. We live into this new and hopeful life where we can extend the goodness and the grace of Jesus Christ to others. So through the Holy Spirit, Jesus calls us, empowers us, enlivens us to meet people where they are, to create new understanding, and to fulfill and extend the mission of Jesus. So be it. Let's pray. God, we're grateful for uh, the power of the Holy Spirit that can propel and sustain us into new life, into a new life where we may, we may need to change some of our perspectives, into a new life where we may need to change some of our behavior, in our new life where we may at times have to get outside of our comfort zone. Not because we enjoy being out of our comfort zone, but because we know it means that's what it is to be faithful to you, and because we know that we will experience a joy in that that we can't get any other way. So God, help us to have the courage and the strength and the willingness to step out, to move forward, to go across those speed bump spikes and not back up. So pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus, the Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.